0: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be.
2: All right. All right. All right. All right. This, this is the Doug Gottlieb
4: Show Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb
0: Welcome in, it's a Monday When you're listening to this pod, thanks so much We are live in Las Vegas And I would love to do all the bullshit about how sunny Las Vegas, you should be here It's the weather could not be worse Unless you're a duck, if you're a duck, it's awesome Really, you're very your waterfowl. You're like this is amazing. Otherwise, uh, it sucks. And equally, um, let's just play it shitty, okay? And I can be the Southern Californian complaining about the weather. Was the fact that it was really hard to get. It's super simple to get to Las Vegas from L.A. Right? There was a time, and I think they still be maybe funding our tax dollars to this uh, high-speed rail thing from like L.A. or the Inland Empire to Vegas right? It's like billions and billions and billions of dollars that we don't have. Anyway, it's super easy to get here. I mean, it's three and a half, three, four hours to drive. It's a 45 minute flight. There's a bunch of airports in LA. It's not expensive. I mean, like, look, if you want to buy a Spirit Airline ticket and you don't need a seatbelt and don't want to bring a bag, you can do it for 12 bucks. If you want a seatbelt and a chair, it's going to cost you 150 but still, really easy to get here. But not yesterday. Yesterday, it was um, like... End of day's rain in Southern California. And you're like, how bad could it be? Like, multiple inches of rain, and we're just not built for that, that stuff. Um, so much so that flights were delayed. Jay Stu, how long did your flight take? Uh, I mean, how long delayed were you before you got here?
4: I think it was only a couple hours. It was only a couple hours. Relatively, that's not bad. I'll yes, it is bad.
0: it is bad. It is bad. Like well, they
4: give me plenty of heads up. It wasn't like I, was I, I, under,
0: I understand, but like when you're a couple hours delayed and you're flying to Australia, you're like, "Well, you know, it was a half a day trip. I'm a couple hours delayed. Not that big a deal." When you're a couple hours delayed, remember, like in L.A., I, I'm not going to say no one, but very few people who are flying to Las Vegas go. I'm going to fly out of LAX because it takes so long to get in and get out of LAX. You're like, "Screw it!" So you're dealing with these smaller airports, which are way better. Like did you do Burbank. Is that what you did, Bob Hope? Bob Hope Airport or whatever it's called. I did. Burbank, yeah, Bob yeah. Hope, Orange County. Those airports are money. You can like literally walk in, walk right on the plane if you want. Except on times the rare time where it's delayed, and then there isn't anywhere to sit. There's not that much food to eat. Like it just kind of sucks. And then you're sitting there going like, well, maybe I'll drive. But then, like Dan Byer can tell you, you can drive and it's not that bad. Except. When it's raining like it's raining yesterday. And it was raining literally along the path from Southern California to Vegas. So weather or not, great. But, I don't know, we got a cool Super Bowl. Um, I say this every year and it resonates every year. Being at Super Week on a Monday is uh, you're invited over by a couple and we got a party on Friday night. It starts at 7. And you show up at 645 and the wife is still getting ready the guy the dad just got there off the golf course like literally he's like "Ah, right, listen um can you do me a favor uh there's some pizzas to go pick up can you go pick up the pizzas right and then you're trying to be a nice house guest and the wife is sitting there going like hey could you uh, whatever you need the point is that by the time everybody arrives you've been there for an hour or two hours and you've done all this stuff which is great but then once it actually becomes a fun party, 9 to 10, 10, 30, 11, you're exhausted. You're ready to get the frick out of there. That's super weak for those of us who work it. We get here on a Sunday. We have great interviews, great guests, funny shit that happens all week. We bring it back to you. You can listen to it on the pod. And then comes Super Bowl Sunday, we're like, dude, I just want to be home watching this thing on my couch. How would I do? Jay Stu, is that about right? You've been doing this a while. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's why he's the best in the business because he agrees with everything I say. Uh, he's Jason Stewart. Uh, Dan Byer alongside. Dan, give me the hand signal. How many hours did it take you to drive here? Four. Only four. So whether he just, he's a Wisconsinite. He's like rain is nothing. He just plowed right through it. Um, and I'm told, and I'm told that this is a big thing because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Although I just, I don't know. It doesn't change my world at all. I will tell you what does change my world. And I don't know if we have this. I haven't looked at what we have in terms of your annoying. But Stephen A. Smith today used First Take as a platform to say, and I'm not quoting verbatim here. This is gen- he he said uh, that Cliff Kingsbury getting another job as offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, that stuff doesn't happen to black people. It's only because he um, uh, because he had a cool house during COVID, and because he's he was he's friends with Caleb Williams, and he was boys with Kyler Murray.
4: Yeah, basically, he ingratiates himself to these world talent quarterbacks, and it's the only reason he got the job.
0: Right, right. Um, uh, let's just put an end to this, okay? Uh, Stephen A. Smith, you're fucking embarrassing ESPN. You're embarrassing, I think, black journalists because you're making everything about race. That's what you did, and and the worst part is like. He played the race card when it doesn't make any sense. Wait, so Kyler Murray, by the way, is black. He did recruit him. Um, and Caleb Williams, he was an offensive assistant. and But, like, are we completely diminishing the fact that, uh, one, he played in the NFL? Okay? Secondly, he's been a head coach in the NFL. He's widely seen as a very good play caller in the NFL. Yes, they fired him in Arizona. Uh, until the final season, when Kyler Murray tore his ACL, they actually got better every year. He actually did a pretty good job. He's not a great. He doesn't know how to emphasize. He's he's basically the. Um, oh man, uh, what who am I thinking of? Uh shit. Uh, what's the NBA head coach who oh, he's coached uh, the Knicks, the Suns, uh, back when the Suns were good, uh, the Rockets. Um, the guy who doesn't coach defense, but they're really going to – he's basically the Mike D'Antoni of, of coaching, right? Like, oh, he's just – all these quarterbacks like him. Yeah, Pat Mahomes likes him. That's probably a pretty good thing. When quarterbacks swear by you, that's how you get a job. That's how you get a job, Hey, okay? Oh, it's about relationship. Yes, it absolutely is. Quarterbacks swear by him because they think he's fucking good. Nobody just goes like, hey, I just want my buddy here because he's my buddy because he's cool. <laughs> like, what? It's professional football. Only one thing matters. And you're the same dude who called out America and the NFL as being racist because Eric Biennemi didn't get a job last year. Remember that? We got the tape. If you'd like to roll it back, we got it for you. You know what? You haven't said a fucking word about it. You know why? Because it doesn't exist. And you're making this shit up. And it's, it's off-putting. It's off-putting. Right? White coaches get fired after one year, black coaches get fired after one year. White coaches sometimes get a second chance, black coaches sometimes get a second chance. Don't believe me? Steve Wilkes is a guy, he's defensive coordinator to the San Francisco 49ers. Do I think he got a fair shake in Arizona? I don't know. They drafted Josh Rosen, he wasn't good enough, but the team was pathetic. They felt like he wasn't a head coach, so they fired him, and they brought in Cliff Kingsbury. To work with Kyler Murray, who slowly but surely got better and better and better. Now, did he hold Kyler Murray accountable enough in terms of his off-the-field work ethic? I think the answer is no. Okay? Um, But if you look at that team, when they had DeAndre Hopkins and they had Kyler Murray, they were a playoff team. And by the way, Steve Wilkes has gotten other opportunity. He's with the San Francisco 49ers. He's their defensive coordinator. And until the last couple of weeks of the regular season, the postseason, he was doing a pretty good job and was up for head coaching jobs. Not up for one now. Got to figure out how to stop the run. But, like, how do you, how do you cover a sport and not spend any time actually understanding the business? I have a problem with that. Because this is, this is what happens. I'm not blind, deaf, or dumb to the fact that there are people that listen to Stephen A and think it's the gospel, that the world is racist, that the NFL is racist, and that only white guys get an opportunity like Cliff Kingsbury did. It's, what he's saying is complete bullshit. It's completely made up. Completely made up. Because he, Cliff Kingsbury didn't have one opportunity. He had two. Right, The Raiders were going to hire him. Raiders are going to hire him. And the reason they didn't get him was they didn't offer as much money or as many years as the Commanders. I think it was a two-year deal. The Commanders offered like three-plus. Why? Because they're going to draft a quarterback, and I think, I mean, the signs are they want to draft Caleb Williams. They're going to draft a quarterback, and they're going to have him work with Cliff Kingsbury because he's been, he's worked with Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Caleb Williams. And he played in the NFL, and I believe he played for the New England Patriots as a backup, which means he played with Tom Brady. He's got what's called a fucking resume. Not like the one you made up about being a player and playing one, one game and averaging one and a half points per game, which is an impossibility. Right? So, yeah, I'm bothered by it. I'm bothered by it because this is a sport, which I have stated this for the last six or seven years, and there were people that wanted to take shots at me for a long time. The only thing that matters in the National Football League Listen to it real quick. The only thing that matters is if you win. Okay? And you have a better shot of winning if you have a quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator that has called plays in the NFL, that has a good relationship, that has respect to the quarterback, and that can speak the quarterback's language. The house doesn't matter. The color of his skin doesn't matter. The swag doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. Okay? That's the only thing that matters is if you win. And your best chance of winning is if you develop a young quarterback. And your best chance of developing a quarterback is somebody that quarterback trusts and respects and listens to and has had time and succeeded in the NFL. And making about race is embarrassing. Stop it. And here's the worst part about it. Stephen A. is actually really good at his job. That's why his argument, if you don't know shit about shit, is convincing. But you're convincing the world of something that is wildly inaccurate. And here's the last thing, and this is to people who actually pay attention. The world is about relationships. Okay? Now, you got to be careful of leveraging those relationships. And some of them are just transactional business wise. I need a guy for whatever. Okay? But the world is about relationships. The NFL world is a business just like any other business, and all they want to do is make money, and the best way to make money is to win. Win football games. Okay? Um, and I'll bring it around to Pat Mahomes in a second. But relationships matter. That's why, for example, Sean Payton gets the job with the Denver Broncos, and you look at many of the players and coaches that he's brought in, they are players and coaches that have played for him before. It's not about the color of their skin. It's sometimes is not even about how much talent they have. You have to have people that believe in what you're doing, that, that will make everybody else get on board that, with what you're doing. And that's established through relationships of, hey, he, I play, he played for me three years ago in New Orleans. I know him. He's it. That happens throughout all business, all business. You hire people you know and people you respect. Do you really think Cliff Kingsbury would get the job if they didn't think he'd do a good job? That would be the dumbest thing of all time. Right? Dumb. And yes, white coaches, black coaches get additional opportunities. Granted, he had not got a head coaching opportunity. He's offense coordinator. And, like, we can take shots at Cliff's defense when he's at Texas Tech. They haven't really won since. And his offense has set the world on fire. By the way, just so we're aware, do you know where Cliff Kingsbury came to Texas Tech from? That's Texas A&M. His quarterback was Johnny Manziel. So every quarterback the guy touches turns to gold. But you want to make it out to be about the color of his skin. It's embarrassing, dude. You're way too good at what you do to constantly play the race card. Okay? And if Stephen A. thinks that's what got him there or that's his core audience, like, bro, you've crossed over a long time ago. And if you want to think you can be king of media, y- you can't play the race card as the first card out of the deck. It's the 52nd card. It's really like the Joker. It's annoying. Why did they put the Jokers in there? Speaking of race card, um, Pat Mahomes' dad was arrested for a third time over the weekend with a DUI. Is that right? Thir- three DUIs. That is correct. So here's the reality. Okay? And um, was he He was the 10th pick of the draft. Is that right? I just want to make sure that the number is correct. I believe he's the 10th pick of the draft. And there are lots of people forever. I know people in the NFL or people who are out of the NFL who sit there and go, God, I should have taken Pat Mahomes. But I want you to understand the things he had going against him. When you do a deep dive into somebody's background. Okay. So Pat Mahomes, he was a guy, he's very laid back. And when they did research, they found out it was attention to detail, meetings, not great. If you watched him play at Texas Tech, which I did, and he was an unbelievable talent, but his footwork was such a mess. Like I don't know about precise footwork, I do know that his fundamentals were a mess, a mess. But he was so incredibly talented, and they scored so many points that he kind of got away from it, got away with it. Uh, he didn't play with a, you know, unbelievable talent when he was at at, at Tech, and still they put up a million yards. But he was seen as, he's not really, he's kind of a little laid back. Fundamentals are a mess. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the dad is, whether he's an alcoholic or has a problem with alcohol, like, that is a genetic trait that you pass down. And there's fear of, you give him a bunch of money in a big city, become starting quarterback, can he manage it? This is all part of the evaluation. Look at the Bears, and they took Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, Mitch Trubisky stinks. But he's a choir boy, doesn't have alcoholism in his family. Hey, hard worker. And remember, they were replacing Jay Cutler in Chicago is a perfect example. Chicago, of course, should have drafted Pat Mahomes. But they end up, you know, playing Trubisky his rookie year instead of developing the way they developed Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. And in Chicago, would it have worked out as well? I don't know. But it's one of those things where, I haven't heard anybody else, so I'll to be the one that says, like, look, this is one of the reasons that they were worried about the floor for Pat Mahomes. What happens if it goes bad? Would he become an alcoholic in a big city? That's a real thing that you evaluate. And you can sit here and go, like, I can't believe you're talking about it. Bullshit. His dad just had his third DUI. Okay? You only have three D- If you have three DUIs, by the way, it's not the only three times you've, dr- you've, you've drank and drive, drunken and, and drive. What's the proper English? Help me out third time you've had a drink and gotten behind a wheel, or is it uh, how many, uh, I'm I'm struggling with the phonetics of it.
4: Third time you've drunken and driven?
0: Drunken and driven?
4: Drunken and driven? driven
0: driven? I don't know. Drunken and driven sounds like a country song. the, The point is this, okay, first of all, in 2024, if you drink and drive, you're an asshole and you're fucking arrogant, and if you do it multiple times, you probably are an alcoholic. And if you get caught three times, you haven't only done it three times in your life. You would have to be the unluckiest human being on the face of the earth. And oh yeah, by the way, when you get caught DUI, you have a DUI for a second time. Shouldn't you have one of those breathalyzer things on your car that you can't start a car with? Why do you still have a license? Well, it's like what's like ten thousand dollars to bond out in Texas. Is that what you sent me?
4: Yeah, and then you need Hey, the, Texas, uh, the get your cut. shit
0: together, okay? Ten thousand dollars to bond out when you get your third DUI. How about six months in jail? Oh, you're kind of harsh. Am I? I got hit by a guy by a drunk driver, blew a .24, nearly killed me. So I think, I'm, and we're in a city where Henry Ruggs killed a lady and her dog. Okay. And rightfully is in jail for it. But if you want to know why Pat Mahomes fell nine spots in the draft, why the best quarterback we've ever seen, it's like, dude, his dad just got his third DUI. You, you do know they researched this shit. And they're like, man, I love him. And the ceiling, whoo, unbelievable. But what everyone said was, takes a lot of risks as a thrower, bad fundamentals, man, kind of, just kind of a laid back, likes to drink a beer sort of, and is the dad's an alcoholic. I don't know. And all it takes is one guy to go like me. Because, again, what was the premise of the only thing that matters in the NFL, J. Stu? One of the only that matters. Winning. Correct. So if I'm drafting and I don't know if my starting quarterback will have a drinking problem because his dad has a drinking problem. Right. Or if he fundamentals can be refined enough or if he can give a shit enough to show up on time. right? You're sitting there going like the most likely the best chance of winning is guys that are buttoned up, that are corporate, that are. I mean, all these dudes are nerds. They're workout nerds. Lamar Jackson may look, may, you may think he's something. He's not. He's a fucking nerd. You don't change your body. Like his body, he's built like a tank now to, to, to withstand the punishment he takes. You don't improve as a quarterback by chilling out at home and going and doing your own thing. No, you only do it by the work. All these guys are nerds. And the question was, would he buy into becoming a football nerd? And Pat Mahomes has. And he doesn't, by any accounts, have a drinking problem. He's married happily, has a kid, like kind of a really good dude. So they missed. But the reason is because they're only concerned with one thing. That one thing is winning. And distractions like drinking and other issues can take you away from winning. Traveling to watch college hoops during this year's tournament, you have to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all their cool, specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores. They're in the hometown of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate has over 30 hotels, coast-to-coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for big games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book... Get up to 30% off of your stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stays at graduatehotels.com.
5: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
0: Every day at this time in the bonus podcast here in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We play for you a portion of a previous show on FSR, FS1, and bring it back for you. Here's Dan Patrick, who, by the way, he drew the uh, short straw, right? Is he over at the Fontainebleau? He's over at the Fontainebleau? That's where he's, he's broadcasting live at the Fontainebleau. Talk about the announcement that the SEC and Big Ten are uniting to tackle college football issues.
6: The Big Ten and the SEC, kind of quietly on a Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon, which is usually where stories go to die, where you go, hey, we're going to release this on Friday at 5 o'clock. But this is a big deal, I think. It's the SEC and the Big Ten. They are now buddies, it feels like, certainly with college football. And this leads to what I've said for the last couple of years. We're eventually going to get to 50, 50 schools getting together. It has to go in this direction. You know, they, These players are going to get paid. Uh, they're going to share in the profits here. To what degree? I think that's still to be destab- uh, established. It's almost like all these sports leagues in gambling. They They wanted to figure out what their cut of the pie is. That's where I think we're going to be headed towards college football, is what is the cut of the pie? What do the athletes get? Uh, how many schools are going to be together, and those schools are going to play each other, and you're going to have a model that's consistent with the Premier League or the NFL. And I would love to have relegation. That's that's the last thing. I've offered up this format here. I've given you the blueprint. Now give me relegation, and I will be fine.
0: Yeah, the SEC and Big Ten talk tackling football issues when they've been the biggest tackle football issues, the most I- ironic thing of all time. Um, I do think we're creeping closer and closer towards – um, the separation of, I don't know, probably the 75 best programs and everybody else. Uh, the question is, how does it work with Division One? How does it work with basketball? Because the all of these schools can sit there and thumb their nose at the NCAA, but the NCAA runs the tournament, and that's how they make a good amount of their money. So I think that part is the last part to be tackled, if you will. Here's Richard Sherman talking about the commanders and the Bears and Caleb Williams. If I'm them, I'm talking to... I'm talking to the commanders
7: and I'm telling them, hey, I could give it I could give him away to Denver or the Raiders or I can give him to to these teams. If you guys don't want to give me what I need to move up, I do think the commanders are saying, hey, we're getting Cliff Kingsbury because we believe or we want Caleb Williams in the fold. We believe we can get him. We believe we will have access to him. That's why they're getting Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think they're getting Cliff Kingsbury to draft Drake May um, or anybody else or or Jaden Daniels either. I think they're getting him very specifically. And if they don't get him, that'd be a massive disappointment for this franchise. But they'll go for it. Um, But I think, again, Chicago obviously has, has all the leverage here. They can do whatever they want. They can move it however they want. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is their pick. And I would assume that. It would be my pick if I was the Chicago Bears because I think Justin Fields can get it done. I would I would sit there and and get a King's ransom for move not too far off the first pick, maybe to the third or so, and stay in striking range to make sure I do get Marvin Harrison Jr. If nothing else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get what the Commanders are doing. You want to bring Caleb Williams home? You get him an offensive coordinator he's worked with before. You know, then you're going to try and move mountains. You have a new... And remember, you have the new ownership group that comes from the NBA. And the thing the NBA is famous for is these blockbuster trades where you trade the kitchen sink for a dude, and you're like, hey, we won the trade, we got a dude. That's dicey in the NFL. The, the problem with it is you're dealing with the Bears. And we started the podcast talking about the Bears missing on Pat Mahomes. So that's what the Bears are sitting there going like, hey, we have a, you have a general manager... Are you familiar with the general manager and where he came from, Jay Stu?
4: Where did the Bears general manager come from? Yes. The Big Ten, right?
0: No, that's the that's the president. Oh, team president. Yes. Okay, help me out. The Bears general manager, okay? Bears general manager is Ryan Poles. Okay. Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman. Went to Boston College. And up until 2022, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, again, all things being, like, what Richard Sherman is saying, like, it would re- be probably really smart business for the Bears. Hey, man, we have Justin Fields. We have him for one more year. Or we could draft Drake May, or We could draft Jaden Daniels whatever and try and make it work. Like, we could do all these things, you know, and we could get multiple picks. And this Caleb Williams, we could probably get. But a guy who drafted was in the room and the director of scouting when they drafted Pat Mahomes. Working now for the Chicago Bears, who passed on Pat Mahomes to take Mitchell Trubisky. This is one of those things that, on paper, Richard Sherman sounds brilliant. In practice, no fucking way do they they turn down the chance to draft Caleb Williams. He's the best prospect in the draft for a reason. And if you're going to miss, you miss with the guy that everybody says is the best. You don't go off board like they did last time around. You just don't. Don't do that. Uh, this is Colin Cowherd talking about the two quarterbacks facing each other in the Super Bowl. That has always
2: been the secret sauce with Mahomes. He doesn't miss the easy stuff, he hits all his layups. But here's what he's become adding to that. Saw this stat this weekend, PFF. Patrick Mahomes had zero turnover worthy plays in the playoffs, but he also avoids minor mistakes. He already led the NFL regular season with the lowest rate of what they call negatively graded dropbacks, 10%. During the playoffs, he's got it down to 6.3. Conversely, Brock Purdy's rate of negatively graded dropbacks, by the way, would be the worst rate of all quarterbacks with 200 dropbacks in the season. So so Mahomes is not throwing it further or more often left-handed. He's just throwing it smarter. But to really contextualize the gap between Mahomes and Purdy, Purdy played two home games, was a favorite in both, and faced two really bad defenses. Mahomes, against the number four defense at their place, Buffalo, and against the number one defense, Baltimore, at their place, he had zero turnover-worthy plays. So Mahomes now is the only great quarterback in the league where you get this remarkable upside with virtually no mistakes.
0: Well he's a limit. that's that's the difference in Pat Mahomes this year is because I think he knows he doesn't have as many of playmakers, you know, with you know, going back to last year we lost Tyreek Hill with just guys that that could break open a game. Uh because of that, he's changed. He's evolved. And it's smarter now to play to your strengths of your defense and every once in a while with a wow throw and knowing that his best opportunity is sometimes get a lead and play it safe. Tackle Woodstock. But I think the, the most under-discussed part of the Super Bowl, <clears throat> because you have people that are just sitting out there going like, you're so mean to Brock Purdy. Why are you so mean to Brock Purdy? Look, you want the truth? Brock Purdy's played like shit five of the eight quarters in the playoffs. That's the reality to it. Like, you want me to lie to you and go like, oh, he's been amazing the whole time. You guys are all like, again, I- I'm not saying he stinks. No one said he stinks. He hasn't played well for five of the eight quarters in the playoffs. So you're operating on the premise, and they've won, but they had to come from behind to beat the, the Packers at home. And then they had to come from behind to beat the Lions at home. Lions are a good team, but a dome team and a team that has some limitations. The Packers were a 500 team this year with a quarterback starting only a second playoff game with a shitty defense. By all metrics, like, well, why do you say the Packers' defense is shitty? Why did they fire the defense coordinator if their defense was – their defense was good, you know what they wouldn't have done after winning a playoff game? Fire the defense coordinator. So, I'm just going to tell you, like, Purdy hadn't played well consistently. He's put out fires, but those are fires that he started. And by all metrics, Pat Mahomes, he hasn't been as great as we're used to, but he hasn't made mistakes in the playoffs. That's why he's played well in, well, seven of the eight quarters? That's what the Fox said. Ah! What the Fox Let's say? find out who or what is annoying. And now, it's your
2: Annoying.
4: Hey, Doug, I saw you tweet about this. Did you hear uh, Michael
7: Porter Jr.
4: on the Pivot podcast? talking about uh women's basketball
7: and they're very talented but so is so is a famous ping pong player they're just as talented as as a like the best ping pong player is just as talented as the best basketball player that doesn't mean they're going to get paid the same because it's because they play ping pong it's what the people want to watch you know what i mean so as much as i understand females wanting the same treatment as as men basketball players it's 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 A different sport people they're not packing out the arenas obviously their tv deals aren't the same so as much as i advocate for women and kind of the equality of the respect of their craft and all those things i mean you can't pay them the same thing you know but i do feel like they should there there should be a little way to make a little bit more money for them because they are very talented
4: Doug, what annoys me about this is the response over the weekend. They, uh, people going right to the misogyny card. Oh, uh, my God. Card.
0: Yes, it's, it's. oh, my God. Keep going. I, I'm, I'm glad no, you brought I'm this up. I'm just saying
4: that maybe it wasn't said perfectly. Uh, but what was I, said wrong? I don't, nothing was said wrong. Okay, it just, so what, he just what, kind of misspoke a little bit. What did he misspeak? I think he, he maybe uh, went a little too hard on the fact that it's just not that interesting. Uh, he was speaking for the... In general, as opposed to just his perspective, I'm not that interested in it. You're not that interested in it. Not so. All what he of he said interested in it." You
0: well, so, so he should have personalized it. Me personally, I'm a I little bit basketball.
4: more, a little bit more personalized.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that. We're really, really. I mean, look. Here's the deal, okay. And Elijah can put this out on social media, if, you, if okay, to the people on social media, okay. So there's there's this group of people on social media who legitimately care about women's sports and want it to grow. And then there's this other group that kind of mirrors it, that you're all fucking phonies, okay? You're, you're a bunch of phonies. You're trying to get liked on Twitter because you think if you go like, oh, man, women's basketball is amazing. I'm tuning in. I'm watching. Why is it more people? Put it on more. It's worth more money. Pay them more money, more revenue, whatever. You're phonies because you don't really believe it. You're just trying to curry favor. So that you can be popular with that same that section of people that actually give a shit, to the people that actually give a shit, you're fine. Listen, I I understand that you feel like you're 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 in an uphill battle for some sort. You want some sort of question of equality. It you're not going to get it if you want equal revenue share. Do you know why? Because a lot of these teams don't fucking make any money. Okay? The reason they don't open the books to show you is because they, they don't make any money. And if they did, like, oh, you could share in revenue. What if there's zero revenue? Share in that. Right? And, like, look, well, why does it occur in the summer? Because if you played in the winter, no one would ever watch. Few people do watch. Well, compare the numbers to hockey. Okay, you're comparing cable to network TV, and you're comparing the winter months to the summer months when it's running kind of unopposed. Women's basketball is doing fine. It's actually growing. It's doing better than it's ever done. It is never, ever going to equal out to the NBA. It is not the same. And here's the big thing. Okay, you have women's basketball players who complain about the revenue share. You're allowed to complain about that when you, do, when you negotiate your collective bargaining agreement. I don't want to hear a thing about it now because I don't care. Okay, I don't care about your spe- what would, what if I were to go on air and talk about how much money I make and how we make money here. You know you'd say, you'd say either one that sounds pompous or two, I don't give a shit, right? That's the same thing. You have a union, you collectively bargain. Whatever you can get out of that CBA, out of that collective bargaining, if you can get 70% of your revenue of the 30 and 30% league fine. Okay, but don't complain to us Don't complain to social media. And you know what you also shouldn't do? Is you also shouldn't make us misogynists when Michael Porter's mom was a hooper. She was really good. And all he's stating is the obvious, which is it's not about how good you are. It's simply about how many people will watch and how much networks will pay to broadcast your product. That's it. And you can sit here and tell me how popular women's basketball is. If it was more popular... here's the simple data. The women's NCAA tournament is more popular than it's ever been, right? It's new media deal with ESPN, combined with all of the other NCAA sports not named men's basketball or the NFL. It's worth $60 million a year. The men's NCAA tournament, which was negotiated and then extended, but the extension was like five years ago. So really it's probably worth 25 to 30% more. It's $770 million a year. Let me repeat that. That's $770 million. So it's valued, the tournament, J. Stu, is my my raw off here? If one is worth $770 million a year and one is worth $60 million a year, does that mean that the NCAA tournament is 100% or well, actually like 110% more valuable per year to TV networks? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, again – this is, I'll give you the easy analogy. I used to own a, a grand piano, right? And I called up this guy who was trying to sell a grand piano. And he was telling me that the grand piano was worth $10,000 to $15,000. And it had just been on auction. And the what's, the what's the very low part of the auction, like the least amount of money they'll take? It's the reserve. The reserve was $3,500. And no one bid the reserve. I bought the piano off him for $1,500, really out of the goodwill of my heart, and paid a couple hundred dollars to have it shipped and then tuned once it arrived at my house. And what I said to him then is what I will say to you now. You are worth what somebody is willing to pay you. The value of an object is worth what somebody is willing to pay for. it. So you can tell me how valuable women's basketball is and how underpaid the the NBA women are, but the college women, it's better... And more watchable and more watched than it's ever been. But it's worth $60 million a year. The men's NCAA tournament, and we'd all agree that I love college basketball. Men's basketball is kind of a mess right now. Hard to figure out who's where because everybody transfers whatever. It's worth $770 million and probably undervalued because it was done five years ago. Stop the 50% of you of you who are saying this is misogynist, just trying to curry favor. Stop it. Everybody sees through it. The 50% of that same group of people on Twitter who really, really love women's basketball, just celebrate the fact that we're watching it more, that it's going to be on network TV, and that it's going to grow more.
4: In other words, you're annoyed.
0: I'm annoyed. Traveling to watch college hoops during this year's tournament, you have to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all their cool, specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores. They're in the hometown of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate has over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for big games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book... Get up to 30% off of your stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location up to 30% off. Go book your stays at
5: graduatehotels.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
3: Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. All right, pick of the day comes to you from college Basketball, where Kansas, fresh off an ass-whooping of Houston, takes on Kansas State, where they go and play at Fog Allen West. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's Bramlage Coliseum, where I think it's been open like 30-something years, 31, 32 years, and Kansas has won there all but like four or five times. It's crazy. This will be a year I think I like Kansas State to at least cover. Five-point spread, spread's going up. K-State's not great, but their wings are really good. More than anything, KU coming off that huge win uh, against Houston, I think they'll struggle against K-State in that road environment. Plus, they don't have great depth to get into foul trouble on the road. Give me K-State straight up to beat KU. That's our pick of the day. All right, that's it for In the Bonus, ITB. Check out the Doug Gottlieb show, download this podcast every day, tell a friend, plus the next two hours of the live radio show live from Radio Row. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Traveling for college hoops this year, pro tip, stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to a local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30 plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% off with code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com
5: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. ETW, void worker, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm John Cypher. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We
3: spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to
1: Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.